0: Listening to the Real 96 podcast, a deep dive into all the movies of 1996. Well, most of them. 25 years later. Now, here's your host,
1: Nathan Ludwig. 1996 and 1997, Hollywood gave us the four pillars of the action movies of the 90s. Can you guess what four movies those were? They were. What's the proper grammar there? I don't know. I'm a writer, I should know this. Um, those four movies were Face Off, The Rock, Con Air, and yes, Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow, I feel, doesn't get the respect it deserves out of the four, but it's just as entertaining as the other three. So Simon West, uh, John Woo, and Michael Bay brought us the four pillars of the 90s action film. If you don't believe me, go back and watch them or rewatch them. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Pure fun, pure spectacle, the only way a 90s action film can deliver. And yes, you guessed it, we will be covering Broken Arrow on this episode, released in February 1996. This movie kicks so much ass. John Travolta, Christian Slater. Samantha Mathis, Delroy Lindo, Kurtwood Smith, Frank Whaley, Bob Gunton, Howie Long. This movie is full of uh, stalwart actors from the 90s. Some of them are still working today, doing stuff. Made a tidy sum at the box office and is the middle film of John Woo's true action trilogy in America, Hard Target, Broken Arrow, and Face Off. Um... I kind of want to just do face off, even though it was released in 1997, and kind of kind of break the rules of this podcast. But uh, this is the real '96 podcast, and we're going to stick to 1996. So that segues us into our guest, a very prolific director and cinematographer, screenwriter Zane Hirschberger. He has directed "Force to Fear." He shot the barn and the barn two. Uh, he is currently working on two more feature films, an anthology called Cryptids and a slasher called Treaters. Uh, he is just a workhorse and is making a lot of really fun films. I always love talking to Zane about movies. And uh, this hour on Broken Arrow is no different than any other conversation I've had with him. It's just a ton of fun. Two movie geeks talking about how much they love action movies from the 90s. So uh, sit back, relax, and I'll be back after the uh, chat for a little post-script. What's going on,
0: Zane? Uh, not much, How you doing?
2: Oh, you know, hanging in there,
1: doing the thing.
2: I'm super excited because Broken Arrow is, I think, one of the best action movies of the 90s, and I don't think it gets enough respect compared to, like, Face Off. What do you think?
0: I agree. In fact, I prefer Broken Arrow over Face Off. Uh, I think a lot of people maybe think the other way, but, like, I don't know. I thought... When Broken Arrow came out, I was like, yeah, I agree with you. This, I'm like, this is a super, super solid uh, action movie.
2: I mean, it looks great. There's not a lot of CG. There's, you know, everything is kind of in camera. They shot on location. Yeah. I mean, I think I read somewhere that where the, the most bullets ever expended in a film was in this movie, and I believe it. So, I mean, like, they went all out on this film. This wasn't just like, oh, let's go shoot on a." On a set somewhere, a studio set, and they went all out with this film, and it, it, you can tell it shows.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can. T- I mean, every everything's so good—the music, the characters. I think the action, like uh, set pieces, like all of it, just comes together like beautifully.
2: Did you see this in the theater when it first I, came out? I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. What were your impressions back then?
0: It, it blew me away. I was I was excited to see it because I knew it was a John Woo movie, and I was into him like hardcore at that time. And I'd already seen Hard Target, which I thought was amazing. So to see them go to this, I was like, oh, this is going to definitely be a pretty good movie. I actually think it exceeded my expectations when I saw it.
2: What blows my mind is that this movie actually made a lot of money. Um, It was a hit, both here and overseas. It made, like, three times its budget. Yet, for some reason, if you go, like, on, like, Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, not that that stuff matters, like – more than anything else, but like the ratings for it are like kind of low for for one of the best action films films of the nineties. Why do you think that is? I can't figure it out.
0: I don't know. I wonder if it's one of those things where like people kind of want to go back and like kind of crap on stuff. Like they they'll they'll go see it and then for some reason after a while people will start getting like I don't know, they just want to crap on it for some reason. It's just weird. Like some movies people will adore and other ones they'll go back and go, oh, that was crap. Even though they they probably at the time loved it. And um, I, yeah. I wonder if John Travolta's being in it maybe has some kind of bearing on it because he's kind of, I think people kind of make fun of him now. Like back then, you know, when, when he, like stuff like Michael and uh, uh, Broken Arrow and just all these other movies were coming out, the General's Daughter and that, like he was at his height, like, you know, his uh, the height of his popularity after they brought him back from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Because he disappeared there for a while and then after Pulp Fiction he was super popular again and he shot up like super fast.
2: This was like I think this was his first big movie after Pulp Fiction. I think yes. there was Get Shorty. It was Get Shorty and then Broken Arrow. So yeah, yeah, you're right. He was really in this like his resurgence. So
0: Yes. I don't
2: I don't know. Like I think his John Travolta in this movie is just as good of a villain as John Travolta pretending to be Nicolas Cage at face off.
3: Like oh yeah. He, He's
2: He's He's just chewing the scenery all over the place.
0: He's a great villain in this. The whole, I think the whole deny the the dynamic between the two characters in this are really cool too. Like it's sort of like you almost want to say it's sort of like like a cinematic prick waving at each other. (laughs) Kind of like who's got the who's kind of got the bigger dick, and it's like it's just cool. It's just like it's about as. if you want to say like you know action manly act you know as, as you can get like it's just like two guys against each other like totally you know just balls out like fighting gunfighting just anything just anything to one up each other the whole time
2: it's very john woo because he did john who's really good at that kind yes. of like two two bros like that are at odds with each um, other yep Yep, you know the only thing missing from this movie is like a bunch of doves flying into the air. <laughs>
0: yeah, surprised they're not in there. They just get sucked up into the intake engine of the <laughs> So I,
2: I was looking at all you know I, all the movies I have to talk about for this year. There's a lot of really good action films that came out in the mid '90s, especially in 1996. There was um, The Rock and Executive Decision, yep. and I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff. And I think Broken Arrow definitely deserves a spot with those films that are still more regarded than, than broken arrow. And like I said, I can't figure it out. Is it, do people think that this movie's a little cheesier than those other movies? Or I don't know, but you know, I mean, Christian Slater, not really doing much anymore. No,
0: uh, it's, Josh it's, Reilly,
2: not really doing much anymore either. So this is definitely kind of, of a relic of the nineties.
0: Yeah. I almost wonder if people are kind of going back and kind of like laughing it. Cause they're thinking of those guys now and they're like, Oh, this was cheesy. And I mean, <sighs> Yeah, sure. If you go back and look, maybe I mean the stealth fighter stuff. The I think there is some CGI with that. Um, Probably wasn't the best, but it wasn't like I didn't think it was terrible. I mean, at the time, I thought it looked cool. I just watched it recently, and and you can tell. But I mean, it's not enough to ruin the movie for me. And and I and I see a lot of people kind of talk shit on uh, John, John Travolta is like overacting, like they're saying he's like way over the top and hammy, but. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think he's like a pretty cool villain. Like, I liked a lot of his little nuances in the performance.
2: Yeah, I think that was kind of the intent. I don't think it was done accidentally. Like, he's he's definitely going for it, and it's definitely written that way too. So, I, I don't think it's like an un, unintentional humor. He's he's right. just an over the top villain, and I appreciate that in in a big budget action film. You know, I mean.
0: Yeah, you want a villain that, you know, is he can be slimy or bad, but you also kind of want him to be a little charismatic, too, and I think he hits it, like, right there. Absolutely. Like, he does such fun things in the performance, like, uh, when that guy's yelling at him and he chops him in the throat. <laughs> and kills yeah, he's
2: got, like, a baton or something, and he just, yeah, he crushed the he crushed green pipe, the wind and, uh, pipe.
0: And he's just kind of like, hush and then afterwards he's like, I never really killed a guy like face to face. Like it's always been like dropping bombs on Baghdad. And he's like, I don't see what the big deal is I really don't like in the way he's smoking <laughs> his second, It's just cool. Like it's, it's some of these little nuances he does. I think that really, really makes Deke like a cool, cool villain.
2: Yeah. So to break it down for people who haven't seen this in a while or who haven't watched it, you should watch it by the way, oh, if yeah. you haven't seen it. Um, so John Travolta and Christian Slater are, um, officers in the air force and they are they are kind of assigned to this um air base where they do test test flights and and test runs for planes uh and they're kind of in kind of in a macho dick waving contest there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where they're boxing each other Great, and, a
0: uh, great one of my favorite parts of the movies that, yes that opening. Great, a great
2: opening to a film that yeah. establishes characters yep. that's what you want to do in a big budget film is establish the characters and the stakes right away yeah and they did that beautifully with the boxing match how how John Travolta's character is aggressive and and is not not afraid to you know be overconfident and cheat and uh Christian Slater is just he's a little bit more reserved but you know he's the good guy and he's just trying to win the fight the right way and but he's also resourceful because, you know, they're betting twenty bucks on the fight. Yes. But uh, Christian Slater stole that twenty bucks from John Travolta's wallet. So right. he's like, yes, so he,
0: <laughs> yes, right there. You get right. You're already starting to get that. Okay, he's maybe not the strongest, or, but he's he's more craftier than uh,
2: he's a lot craftier. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and that was John Travolta's downfall. He was he was overconfident. He was right. too confident, and he he underestimated uh, Riley. So, so that's kind of the setup of the characters, and later on, you know, in the film, they're assigned to fly um, a stealth bomber on a test run, and this was John Travolta's plan the whole time, Deacon's plan the whole time. He's gonna, he's gonna betray, you know, the, and, the, the government, the military, steal the nukes, yeah. And they're blame whole, it
0: when, when they're doing this flight, they're carrying nukes. For, yeah, for some, I can't. They do explain. I can't remember why uh, for. I don't know if it's some way they can detect that there's nukes on board, and they're trying to see if they can detect that there's like if, if it's a way to to find it. I can't remember right. if, with with the gist. I think was.
2: that what they're they're testing the stealth bombers' capabilities. I think so. They're they're like okay, we're gonna go stealth, and then they're gonna see if their radar can find them. Yes, and you know they go they go under they go stealth, and then that's when that's when Deacons John Travolta sabotages the the plane, blames it on Hale Christian Slater and ejects and and ejects the bombs too. the nuclear there's two nuclear warheads yes and his plan is to is to ransom the u.s government for the nuclear warheads and make a bunch of money right so uh, one of my favorite things about these movies is the war room scenes like the military scenes where where all the all the generals they all meet in the room and they're always talking about worst case scenario stuff i love it because screenwriters love those scenes and they love to put in like really crazy lines about what could possibly go wrong armageddon is really good at that yeah. too where it's just like there's just like worst case scenario you know kind of stuff and broken arrow brings it with that too and yeah. i love it
3: like Kurtwood smith from
2: robocop yes. is in this yes. movie
0: yep and uh frank, whaley's frank been whaley in it. frank whaley's yeah. got great parts in this because he's like oh we have a broken arrow and he's like what's that he goes when we lose a you know nuclear he goes i don't know what's scarier Losing a where it <laughs> you know, sort of happens so often. We actually have a term for it. Like,
3: yes, like they got some, those are per-
0: yeah, great, great Hollywood
3: lines. Yes, absolutely.
0: And that one part where he's like, "We could just like tell the truth," and they all kind of laugh at him. They're like, "Who put this guy <laughs> in here?" <laughs> like, you stupid asshole. <laughs> yeah, there was some, those guys are all having a good time with that stuff too. Like everyone's having a good. Yeah, you know, Howie Long in this movie, and like just everyone's yeah. just, uh, having a good time in it.
2: Yeah, Samantha Mathis. Oh, Samantha, Samantha. I was no. going to say
0: Samantha Mathis, which is funny because every time I see her, now, I think of the Eat Me, Beat Me lady because that was her name. And uh, <laughs> uh, pop up the volume with her and Christian Slater. She was the yeah. girl that would call into his radio station and she, her, her handle was the Eat Me, Beat Me lady. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny seeing those guys uh, or those two return. And then, I know. think
2: I read somewhere where they, were, they used to be dating and they had broken up. And they were still doing a movie together. That's got oh, yeah, to be awkward, to be sure. You know, especially in Hollywood. So, but, through, but yeah, I thought she was she was really good in this yeah, movie. She sure. was, um, she was not a damsel in distress. No. She was very resourceful. She wasn't really scared of anything, but she wasn't a badass either. She's just a regular
3: person.
0: No, that was, was that good. Was they just, didn't go that over over the top, like some yeah. bitch the whole time. Or they, yeah. or like I said, they yeah, they didn't make her the damsel distress, like her, all her reactions and actions, everything were definitely, I think, more realistic.
2: Yes. So that was refreshing, especially for back then. Um, And and, uh, Christian Slater was was good as a leading man. You don't really see him in in movies like this very often. He's usually in kind of like comedies or action comedies. He's not really in a lot of straight-up, big-budget action films. So this was a nice... Especially back then a nice departure for him.
0: Yeah. And yeah, he was and he's likable in it. I thought he was a pretty likable character.
2: Absolutely. We got uh with Bob Gunton, like we mentioned, Bob Gunton is he played the warden in Shawshank Redemption yeah. and he's the he's kind of the guy that thinks he's in charge of the bad guys. He's like, I've got the money for this operation and Travolta can barely stand being in the same area as this guy. (laughs) He hates him. (laughs) And there's a great moment in the movie where he just won't stop bitching at John Travolta. And like you said, he just takes like a baton or like a nightstick and just crushes the guy's windpipe while he's mid-sentence. And yeah, that that whole thing you you mentioned about, you know, I don't know what the big deal is about killing someone. It's a great little monologue from John Travolta. And it's one of my favorite scenes and it's one of the scenes I remember from watching this movie. Like, you know it's the last time I saw I watched this movie last week for the first time in like 10 years and I remember that scene vividly yeah. so <laughs>
0: one of my fa one of my other favorite parts that always stands out to me because it's something I think if I were in the same scenario I would think the same thing is they're in the middle of this big gunfight and that and John Travolta's just grabbing his hands and he's like would you please not fire at the thermonuclear warhead <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, it's, there's two of these idiots that shoot, place up and there's like a warhead like right there and I, that was pretty funny It was a good uh good lines I said good, good lines the whole time.
2: There's so like, yeah, when they're on top of, I think they're on top of the train or they're inside the train, and uh, Christian Slater goes, "You're out of your mind," yeah. and John Travolta is like, "Yeah, ain't it cool?" Ain't it cool.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's another thing I I loved about this movie too was like, oh. you know, I love the action, I love shooting it, but I always love like hand to hand combat, and oh, yeah. I knew and I was so hoping like at the end or at the beginning they have the boxing match set up, and at the end they have to go hand to hand. To fight over the new the new controller at the end, I'm like they they got it, man. They they nailed this perfect to set this up and uh, to have this big uh, fist fight between these guys.
2: They set it up perfectly in the beginning and they paid it off at the end, and that satisfied.
0: Yeah, it was good the whole way through. And I said, you got everything. You got fist fights. You got. I remember we used to laugh because I was like, I think it's the. I said, does John Wu hate helicopters? Because he destroys more helicopters in this movie (laughs) than I think I've ever seen in another movie.
2: Oh my god! Yeah, helicopters are not like if you're if you want to be in this movie, don't be in a helicopter oh, yeah. because one gets blown up with a electromagnetic pulse and yeah. crashes to the ground. Another one crashes into a mountain during a, a train chase. Like there's so many big set one pieces in this movie, like,
0: right on the right on the train. They don't even get to take off with it; they blow it up. And yeah. then I think they're oh, they are when the with the when the propeller comes down and the the tail propeller comes down and almost hits. Uh, Samantha's math. It's like that he shoots that one down too. So it's like, yeah, they're just like destroying helicopters, like left and right in this movie.
2: Just unbelievable the carnage in this movie. Any set piece in this movie could be the finale. Yeah. For any other any other movie, like there's a like the middle of the movie, there's this big sequence where they go to an abandoned mine where they're gonna they're gonna try to bury the nuke to get it away from John Travolta, and then John Travolta just decides he's just gonna blow it up in the mine just to show he's willing to blow up one of the nukes so he'll get the money for the other one. And it's it's a really cool kind of race against the clock scene, and the big finale is is just this big fight on a train with a helicopter chasing it, and they're just they're just big huge that, set pieces. They're shot clean. Oh yeah. There's not a lot of day, messy editing. Daytime, you can see
0: daytime you Oh yeah. Can see
3: everything. Midday,
0: dude. Remember that? Absolutely. Remember that part? I remember the two things that stood out to me when I'm watching the movie. Like that, there's like the point where I was like, "This is the coolest movie ever." Is when the helicopter's flying and buzzing the hel- the the train and hits the propeller hits that guy in the stomach and yes. launches him <laughs> off like and there's this blood shooting out of the guy and I was like that was pretty cool and then the, I think yes. the explosion on the one helicopter that's that they're trying to get ready to take off it blows up and I think it launches that stunt guy <laughs> like they pull yank yeah, like <laughs> it's just it's awesome because it looks like the I mean you're watching it in a wide shot. An Explosion and this guy just flying through the air, like getting blown <laughs> off the train. I and mean, there's some great stunts in it.
2: There's some really cool stuff in it. And, it, like, I, you know, to add to Samantha Mathis's character, she there's a one scene on the train where she kicks the tail rotor into yes. a guy yep. and knocks him right off the train. I'm like, that's smart, yeah. like, that's resourceful. And it, it just shows like her how resourceful her character is too. And I thought that was a nice little touch. So there's a bunch of that kind of stuff in this movie where it just, it's easy to dismiss this movie as dumb, but it's so well put together and it's so much fun that yeah, like, I, I, I think it, it's hard to pull off something like this and make it as entertaining as it
0: is. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know how you could really call it dumb. In fact, I think it's funny. I think I posted about this a couple weeks ago. I watched it. And there was someone in my comment section saying, "You guys actually like this movie?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I do, man. I love this. I don't like this movie. I love this movie. Like, it's
2: yeah. I'd just be like, Why would you not like? What's not to like about this yeah, movie? It's
0: like, you don't like <laughs> fun, <laughs> you don't like, you just don't like cool action movies because I I agree with you. It's probably one of the best ones that came out in the '90s, in my opinion.
2: I just I just have to scratch my head sometimes. I'm like, you know, the plot of the movie. It's yeah. These, this this crazy guy is defecting from the military to ransom nuclear weapons to the government. The plot is so crazy. Like they're not trying to do a serious realistic thriller. They're having it's a big right. exciting action. Well, you yep. know what I mean? You're here to have fun.
0: You know, uh, shut up and have fun. <laughs> and, and what about is it Han Zimmer? He did the soundtrack, right? And oh my god, and, the
2: score for this movie is so good. It sticks
0: it's one that's always stuck in my head, like like some movies I will watch, I like them, but I, I don't remember the music all that well. This one, if someone would play something for, from that, I'd be like, "That's from, that's from Broken Arrow." I can, I can tell. They even copped it for a uh, part of Scream, I believe.
2: Yes, yes, you did. You're right. That, yeah, yeah, that's
0: for Dewey's theme.
2: The little guitar yeah. riff. Yeah, this is a really good soundtrack. That's underrated. Really good. Absolutely.
0: Like there's it'll. It almost kind of gives you like a weird, like kind of like a Western feel to it a little bit.
2: Absolutely, and it feels kind of like it's straight out of a John Woo film from Hong yes. Kong too. Yep. Where, you know, I could totally see like Chow Yun Fat playing the John Travolta role, and just being like a crazy villain, you know, just like in like uh like The Killer or A Better Tomorrow, um, which which we haven't even gotten into his Hong Kong films like right. like Hard Boiled and The Killer are amazing. Like, Two of the best action films really? ever, man, and a better tomorrow. Yes. I mean, just ridiculous. I have like
0: what I would call like my favorite, my like holy trilogy of those, oh. which would be uh, the Killer, Hard Boiled, and uh, Bullet in the Head, which are like my like oh my, my three favorites by him.
2: Bullet in the head is yes. is underrated,
0: yeah, f- severely underrated.
2: Um, there isn't a bad. I, I don't think John Woo's. Ma- well, I would say. I don't know, as far as John Woo movies go, I'm not a huge fan of Paycheck. But other than that, every single one of his movies are, is is rewatchable yeah, yeah, as an action. for
0: sure. Like, he's he's always had that knack. and I'm just going to say even the Asian uh, films of action films have that knack of, like, really pulling you into the characters. And, like, they have, like, that great sense of putting, like, like brother against brother or friend against friend. Like, they really and, – and for some reason – when they do it, like they do it really well, like you actually really get the feels in those movies for those characters, like Absolutely. like in the killer. Whenever uh, you know the cop and the killer are kind of like enemies at first, and then by then they've like kind of bonded, and they're almost like the brother in arms fighting at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's really cool. And same with Hard Boiled, they have the the deep undercover cop, and then you have the normal cop, and at first they're kind of like fighting each other, but then along the way they kind of bond. And they become brothers in arms, <laughs> and like take it on. It's it's cool. Like they do it like really well.
2: This is kind of like a reverse version yes. of that, where they're friends at the and beginning, become, and then they hate yeah, each other ends, yeah. Right. yeah,
0: yeah, it's really it, that's a good uh, flip on it too. That's another thing I love in this movie. One of my favorite part. Another it's a part where I was like, when I'm watching it, I was like, dude, this movie is so. Is whenever Deke tries to shoot him in the cockpit. Because he happens yes. to look and they do it real cool, like he happens to look out the window and he sees the reflection. Yeah. And you see him pulling the gun out towards him and you're like, oh shit. And then it's everything in, it I think, is brilliant. One, I think it shows that when he's looking out the window, he's not really looking. He does he doesn't trust him. He looks at his reflection. Like he's not looking at what he's supposed to be looking at. He looks out and then he looks. Yes. And then you see Deke pull the gun out, and then when he turns and grabs it they do this cool slow-mo where they're kind of like looking at, there's like this eye lock where they're looking at each other. Like, he's like, motherfucker, you just tried to shoot me. And, like, and then <laughs> Deke has like this insane devil look on his face. And it's just like, yeah, he's like, he has, this, and they do this real cool shot too, where I think he says something or he makes a comment and they just, they zoom in on his eyes on John Travolta's eyes, and he has like this evil look on his face. Like his yeah. eyes was kinda narrow and it just like it looks really cool. Like they did like the cinematography it's like so good on those those reactions.
2: Another great line is uh, later on in the film when uh John Drabolt is like I I didn't ask you because not because uh I was afraid you I were say gonna no. say no. I was afraid you were gonna say yes. Yeah. And that was a really it cool is. line because it shows how smart he both they both are, and they're just they're they're playing kind of playing mental chess yeah. with each other, and this whole bro kind of rivalry that they have, it feels lived in. It doesn't feel thrown together like some yeah. other films. Um, you know, even though it gets kind of crazy at the end, you can tell that these guys have a rivalry with my, each other that's begrudging, like a begrudging kind of. My friendship. other
0: favorite line in the movie is whenever he's talking to Samantha Mathis, uh, De- the John Travolta character. And he's like, oh, what did, uh, he goes, he probably ran away. Or like that. He's like, that eh, sounds like his speed, 100% pussy. <laughs> I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like the whole thing yes. is like great lines, like just really funny. I and mean, another thing, uh, how about that? I mean, I said cinematography and, and like the writing, like uh, after they blew the nuclear bomb, I think anyone in their mind would be terrified. And Samantha so, Mathis comes out and she's shaking out of that. They come out of the water and she's terrified. And they do that nice mm-hmm. pan across or not a pan, but they they kind of like zoom across the, the water top and you see like butterflies flying. And it looks really cool. And he tries to take that butterfly thing and be like, oh no. If, if there was radiation, the butterflies would be dying. And he kind of makes it up, I guess. And she's like, you're just making that up. He goes, well, yeah, I'm trying to make you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> he's He's like, oh, they say, well, you know, after it goes off, you should always look for butterflies, and uh, if they're still alive, and it's just, it's a cool scene, A good scene, and you know, she's freaking out because she thinks she's irradiated, and yeah, it's, I said, it's, I think it, they add a little bit more than what the movie's given credit for, like with the writing and the the characters. Some people, you said, uh, kind of you know, like, chalk it off as just a stupid, dumb action movie. And and to a degree, I I guess it sort of is. But I I think there's a little bit more to it than that.
3: But also, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't know why people act like, oh, God, you know, I'm above this film. I'm like, this is a well-put-together, well-crafted action film. And it's here to entertain you, you know?
2: It's not here to give any commentary on global thermonuclear war. It's about it's about slam bang action and it delivers oh, yeah. and it, it has a it has an interesting plot it keeps it moving along the characters are resourceful and interesting i mean i don't really know i, I don't i don't know what what there's to complain about to be, oh. to be honest i mean is it the greatest film ever made no it's not
3: but it's, it's a very serviceable
0: entertaining awesome. action
3: film. oh but Here's another thing.
2: Like
0: yeah. whatever happens, to going back to like the uh, actors? Delroy Lindo, he was good in it, but like Delroy Lindo kind of like disappeared. He like he was, he, he was did. there for a little bit in movies. He was everywhere. He was yeah. in every other movie and for then, like ten years. He was almost just, becoming like the new Sam Jackson, and they just like disappeared. Like I, yeah,
3: I mean he's still he's still alive, but yeah, yeah he doesn't I don't, really do much. I, I mean,
0: I don't know. If maybe he does more TV stuff, but yeah, he was in like a ton of movies. He was a good actor too. And yeah, yes. he just like disappeared.
2: <laughs> I love going back and watching nineties films because that's where all my favorite supporting uh, actors, character like actors. character actors are, you know, like JT Walsh and like Delroy Lindo and like Brad Dourif. And you see like all these guys that are in all these nineties. It's so cool to go back and watch them. Cause you're like, I know well,
0: all these guys, like, dude, I <laughs> love character <laughs> actors. Like, <laughs> I honestly think I kind of prefer character actors and Marvel actors just because character actors just give it like everything. Like they just
2: They know they know yes, what movies exactly. at any and, given time.
3: And they know how to yes, deliver the know, lines. Rep- exactly. They know they're, they're pro
0: they know what the technos. score is. It's like
3: <laughs> Yes.
0: Absolutely. Yes.
2: Oh so this movie I don't I, this is right around when I started working at the movies, wow. mo- at the movie theater. I don't remember seeing this in the movie, at, at the movie theater, but I do remember like working when this movie was out. And I remember there being a lot of people going to see this movie. Was it crowded? Do you remember
0: it being crowded when you went to go see it? I honestly do not remember, but I do remember going to see it. And I went with a couple of my buddies and we were all into like the John Woo thing. And like, every, we all thought it was amazing. Like, we're like, this movie is so cool. You know, we were jazzed for it. But after it was over, I mean, it's just like you're just, you know, it's like you and me now. We're just talking about everything. Like, remember that part? Remember that? We're just, you know, we knew, yeah, you know, knew like knew. you knew. It's like and it's one of those things like one of us I was like, I can't wait to come on to video so I can like get the video so I can grab the poster of it because I love you know, I loved it so much.
2: So is it because John Woo, this that this was basically the middle part yeah. of his kind of Hollywood trilogy. There's Hard Target and then Broken Arrow and then Face Off. And then after that he didn't really do any more traditional action films. No. He, he
0: did he
3: Windtalkers, Wind which I, I, I loved, he and, and um, then well, and that was he it. He
0: also did, and I think this may have maybe have soured him a little bit. He did Mission Impossible too.
2: Oh, yeah, Mission Impossible 2. I will say that's one that, that's movie in my I I'm not actually did fast. like
0: that one. My <laughs> only beef with that one is that when you watch it, there isn't really a lot of action it, it all it almost it, it build it's almost like a, a slow burn like it builds up to one giant action sequence at the end where it goes from like him infiltrating the bunker then it goes to like a, a big massive motorcycle battle and then it goes to like a fist fight so it's just like one huge action sequence at the end like they there's a little bit in the middle but like there really isn't a whole ton of action the way you would like it's not like broken arrow where it was like well well paced yeah. the whole thing. I actually do like Mission Impossible too, but uh,
2: I just remember the uh, the whole scene where everybody's wearing like three masks and they keep <laughs> <they> taking <laughs> <ridding masks laughs> ribbing masks. And I, I just remember laughing during that scene. I was like, You got to be." kidding. Well, that's the
0: one where he goes a little <laughs> overboard with the dogs too. There was like another silly dog yeah. stuff that he put in there, and like in the in the I don't know for some reason it's like you're like is he paid to do this because in the killer now it works, Yeah, but like, it seems like when they were, yes. they like were forcing it. And the other ones, even yeah. in face off, I didn't mind it when it was on the beach in that church and the, the pigeons were there and stuff like, I'm like, All right, it's, it's fine. It's just, it just seems like you're like, why, like, why is this happening? Why are there pigeons? I think there's a part in mission impossible too. He blows up this doorway and like blows like, this guy away from the doorway and they're like, what the hell? And you see, like, fire the door and uh, Tom Cruise walks by in slow-mo and looks in and a white dove flies <laughs> past him in slow-mo. And you're like, why? <laughs> it's like, why is that why? even there? But I guess that might be-
2: it, it did feel like it did feel like a parody after, like, Face Off and yeah. Impossible, where it's just like, are you, yeah, are you doing this for a laugh like now? What's going on?
0: There was a funny thing, if you ever watched the... Uh, and the special features of mission impossible Two. I guess they had MTV was promoting the shit out of that back in the day. And they did like a funny thing where they had, uh, uh, what's his name? Ben Stiller was playing Tom Cruise's stunt double. And, and like none of them, none of them liked him. And they even have John Woo in this sketch and they're, they're trying to figure out the, the motorbike, uh, collision where they leap at each other off the bikes and they hit and, and then yeah. Store's like, how about when we're here, this this is just an idea. How about when we're flying at each other? Tom just looks at the camera and says, This mission just got a lot more impossible. And John, John, <laughs> John Woo just looks at him and goes, You'll get out of here. <laughs> and just tells him to get the hell out. It's <laughs> <was> pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, might actually make that maybe better. <laughs>
2: I can't remember what there was a movie or maybe it was like key and peel or something that parodied that scene of mission impossible where everyone oh, has yeah. a mask and they just keep Funny. ripping masks off of people. Like and it goes on for minutes at a time. I can't, I can't now, of course I can't remember what it's from, but I'm sure somebody out there knows exactly what
3: I'm talking about, but that was a hilarious sketch. If you, if you come across it
2: Go
0: with what you were saying about paycheck. I actually liked paycheck and I think it was because like one when I first when it first came out that movie got like very little fanfare or anything. It was just kind of like paycheck coming soon, you know. And then it was in and out, and I didn't know I didn't know it was a John Woo yeah. movie until it hit video, and I was like, he did that. I was like, I didn't know he did that, and I watched it just because his name was on it. And I remember I ended up kind of liking it because I'm, I'm not a huge Ben Affleck fan, but I remember liking oh. it when I watched it because I wasn't expecting the sci-fi angle to it, so that kind of took me back a little bit and I watched it and I was like, this is actually pretty fun. And uh, I did like, they even did like stick fighting in it and stuff. And Aaron Eckhart's the villain, which yeah, I like, I like him. He's fun. So it was, yeah, it wasn't bad. When Thomas, I, I, I did just, not. I like
2: did I I actually like Wind Talkers. I did not like Patriots. I might have so. to give
0: Wind Talkers another I watched it one time in the theater and I wasn't blown away by it, so I might have to give it I said I watched it one time when it first came out in the theaters and that was it.
3: It's
2: definitely more of an action film than a war film. I think a lot of people were expecting it to be like this big kind of Saving Private Ryan, Thin Red yeah. Line kind of war movie and There's, it's definitely It's
0: more of an action maybe that's film what than what I was a war kind film, of think. thinking like I don't yeah, maybe that's what I was expecting something different, and, I, and it wasn't what I was expecting. And yeah, maybe, maybe that, that could have been what, what the issue.
2: I should probably give Paycheck a rewatch. I just wasn't impressed by it at all. I just didn't feel like a John it, it film. It
0: kind of really doesn't. Um, it doesn't have a lot of his trademark stuff in it. Uh, I said, I think I went in with really super low expectations. And like I said, I wasn't that's usually can get me is like, I'm not expecting things. And like I said, I wasn't expecting the sci-fi angle at all. So once I saw what they were doing, I'm like, Oh, this is actually kind of interesting. And I wasn't even watching it as like a John Woo movie looking for his, st- I was just watching it as a movie then. And I thought it was pretty cool with the, where they could like kind of stop time. Or they, oh, what, what was the premise? Like they would freeze time or, Oh, they would remove,
3: it's like reverse yeah, engineering
0: parts of his brain or like memories from his mind, but, but it had to do with time travel. Yes. Too. The time travel yeah. came into it. And yeah, cause he would work on, that's right. He would work on a top secret project and then they would erase his mind that way. No one could ever get the information from him. And,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got it. You got, you yes. And then there was
0: something, <laughs> the thing they were working with was with time travel. And then somehow he was able to use the time machine or, or, or whatever to cuz he goes to get his money from the bank and it turns like and he had like all these stocks or something he he had he he got rid of them all and all he had in this box was all this crap and he's like why would I why would I do this cuz they're like oh you gave it, you gave at some point you just put this stuff in the box he's he that's impossible He's he I wouldn't do this and then you start realizing that everything in the box is what he needs throughout the the movie like little things he needs and I'm like oh that's actually kind of clever that he he actually needed all these yeah. like little pieces of things and he just dumped them off there so he would have them I'm like that's pretty cool
2: that's it's it's a lot yes. like memento um, but yeah i don't know maybe that one i need to rewatch for that one but broken arrow i could watch oh,
0: that yeah. uh, everything about broken arrow is like really good as i said we can only talk about it so much but like the music, the cinematography, the action choreography—like everything's so good.
2: A um, little bit, a little bit of trivia for uh, Broken Arrow. Uh, I always love looking up the trivia for uh, for movies because you never know what kind of anecdotes right. you're going to see. Uh, so for this movie, Christian Slater did almost all of his own stunts, which I was surprised at. I thought he had a stunt double. No, that's really not. That's really cool. Yeah. And, uh, uh, John Woo, I did know this originally that he wanted the Christian Slater characters, uh, Riley Hale to die during the film. That's crazy. crazy. Like, I don't know if he, he wanted him to die at the end or what, but that, that is, that would have been, would have been a left turn for sure. Um, John Travolta was given the choice of playing either Deacons or Hale in the film, and he That's chose cool. Deacons right away.
0: Cool. You know what? That's kind of a I mean, not yeah. that it's a bummer because it it's still good movie, but that would have been great if like it almost is sort of like uh, what was that movie? Um, does the same thing to live and die in L.A., where uh, which that yeah. William Peterson dies towards the end, and then his new partner ends up going after uh, the villain and
3: yes yeah. that was crazy yeah. that was crazy was in the fucking yeah
0: face and you're like and you're like that's the lead yes. guy. he just got shotgunned. and you're like that's gonna be one of those things where he's like <laughs> ah, i just kind of grazed his face and you're like no that guy's fucking dead like he totally got shotgunned in the face and
2: yeah he got got yeah that that movie is, is so and
0: that would been that would have been kind of cool if he would have died and then samantha mathis is like i have to stop this fucking guy like that would have been pretty that would have been pretty yeah. cool
2: yeah, that would have been a good shock. I don't know. Some people take that the wrong way, though. Instead of, instead of going like, "Oh my god, that was a crazy surprise," they're like, yeah. "Why did you
3: kill that character?" You know, and it's just like, "Calm
2: yeah. down,
0: it's just
3: a movie."
2: Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, because uh, yeah, I remember but, uh, in, *To Live and Die in L.A.* That was shocking. I was like, "Holy shit, man!" Like,
2: it yeah. was very shocking. Yeah. yeah, that movie. It is, is, the best is movie it in is the
0: 80s. so freaking I'm glad I have it on Blu-ray. It's such a cool movie.
2: Uh-huh. the soundtrack is amazing
3: well, we, oh god you do a
2: whole episode oh,
0: yeah. on that movie. in the uh the car i tell everyone i go that's probably one of the best car chases i've ever seen in a movie and not because of them doing dynamic stuff but it's 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 it proves to you like it's in the writing it's they that scene where they're getting chased by their own because they're kind of doing stuff illegal
2: yeah, they're they're they were trying to do like a like a reverse kind of bust yes. on the down low, like they're trying to steal. I think they were were they trying to something steal like diamonds that, I and believe, they get or chased by like their that. own
0: guys. And you're like, if these guys get caught, they're yes. fucked. And and it's and, the, and exactly. that builds the tension. And that's why I said it's one of the best car chases because you're like, these guys cannot lose, or, yeah, or so, this is all this like, all goes to hell.
2: Yeah in the context of the film we're like yeah this is like a fucked yes. situation like you guys need to get out of there that was yeah that was great that's right oh, up yeah. there with like the uh-huh. french connection exactly. as far as like a crime yes. film absolutely so christian slater turned down a role in assassins to work with Bro, john yeah. woo so i'm assuming that was the yeah, antonio banderas assuming. role
0: yeah probably
2: I wonder what that movie would have been like with Christian Slater and Sylvester Stallone, because Antonio yeah, Banderas is oh, great, great in it.
0: Yeah, it's it's not a bad movie. I actually even forgot. I usually kind of forget about that movie. Actually, it's uh, it, it's it's a cool movie. It's definitely uh, I said it's not a great movie, but it's it's definitely entertaining. And it's you know they both. I think both those guys do their their job pretty well. And it, I actually would say Antonio kind of maybe steals it because you
3: think yes, you, you he tell does. he's having a think good he does time, yeah
0: uh, playing that character. He's oh, yeah. too
2: scenery.
3: absolutely.
0: That came out the same
2: year as Desperado oh, yeah. too. That was a good year for him.
0: Yeah, he's another one who, like mm. he kind of like isn't doing a lot of stuff, and it's like, in, dude, you to talk about another underrated thirteenth warrior. God damn, is that that movie? I saw oh, yeah. that three times in the theater. Like, I thought that was such a cool ass movie. And Antonio
2: really, really under the radar. I remember working at the theater. And, you know, I, was, I, I pretty much worked in a movie theater for the whole late 90s. And I remember seeing trailers for that movie yeah, for what felt like Yeah, because they back. Because they kept pushing it back. Because it was is originally called Eaters yep. of the Dead, which I think is, yes. it was the name of the book. And I kept seeing trailers. I was like, this is going to be so awesome. And they just kept pushing it back and pushing it back. And then they changed the name to The 13th Warrior. I'm like, when is this movie coming out? Because back then, there was yeah. not as much information on movies as there is now where maybe you could get on online on the internet a little bit, but you pretty much relied on the trailers and like entertainment weekly magazine. And that's pretty much it. And nowadays there's so much information. It's ridiculous. Like you don't even know what to do with all the information you get. So I don't know. It's it's just weird back then because you would, you would really rely on the movie trailers and everybody went to the movies back then. That's what a lot of younger people might not realize back then everybody still went yeah. to the movies that was yep. what everybody did to, to everybody if you wanted to see people that you like the people in your town yeah. you would go to the movie theater because everybody was there the people that you went to school with yeah. you know like you know everybody from people from your church or whatever everybody was at uh-huh. the movies during the weekend oh, yeah. it was ridiculous
0: and it says yeah it was we we used to make a you know big hullabaloo about it it's, it was like the thing to do like i does i've grown up loving movies and i was always excited whether we were going to the indoor or the drive-ins like it was always just you know great i remember and i i do sometimes i don't as much as i used to but i i used to get super excited to go to, the, to see a movie like really like i'm gonna go to can't wait i'm gonna call off fucking work just to get this movie or i'm gonna take off school just to go yeah. see this movie and uh Every once in a while, I'll have one that pops up, or I'm like that. But I remember back in the day, it was just like, "Oh my god, I cannot wait until this damn movie comes out."
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I loved going to the movies on a Friday night, or because that was one thing I did with, like, as a family, like my sister and me and my parents. Like in the early '90s, we would literally go to a movie every Friday night because that was like something to do. Or Friday or Saturday, we would be at the movies watching whatever was out like Mrs. Doubtfire yeah. or the fugitive or Dick Tracy or whatever it was, we would all go as a family and, and watch a movie. And it was, it was good memories that I have from that. And it's one of the reasons I love movies so much these days, because I have great memories of back then.
0: Oh yeah. It's oh uh, all, all kinds of good time. Yeah. I do remember all that.
2: So how do you, how do you approach movies as far as like nostalgia is concerned? Like, the movies of 1996 is 25 years ago, which is hard to believe for old people like us, but it's, you think about a movie that's 25 years old. How does your, like when you revisit a movie that that's, it's that old, how much does your opinion change compared to how you were as a person from back then?
0: It really doesn't. um, Maybe there might be some movies I'll watch and I'll be like, Oh, that, that one didn't hold up very well, but I I, tell you the truth. I find that very, and in between. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I just I'll probably liken it to something or just the way I felt at the time and I'll watch it and I just always hold that memory to it. So it always kind of stays kind of timeless to me. Even if if it like say looks Mm -hmm. outdated or you know, I'm trying to think of a movie like uh, trying to think of a movie where like definitely outdated. Uh, Stuff like The Wraith where it's like Oh, there's a street gang. And they look like they came out of, like the 80s <laughs> like this. And you watch it now and it's like but I mean it's I don't know, it's kind of cool. Like Yeah, I don't know. It just it just doesn't it doesn't bother me if it looks old. Like I can watch older movies too like that are in my generation and I still enjoy like I like a lot of 60s horror films and that like from Mario Bava and stuff and I I like them a lot.
2: Yeah, it's it it's just always interesting to get people's opinions on not necessarily like, oh, that's an old movie. I don't right. like it anymore. It's just more like you're kind of like a whole different person 25 years later. You know what I mean? Like you're you 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 scientifically you're a whole different person. Your body regenerates itself like every seven years or whatever. So like you're a new person like three times over. So it's kind of interesting to hear about what people's opinions are about a certain movie that they might have might have either liked or not liked 25 years ago. And to see whether they still like it or not, or do they like it less? Do they like it more? more you know what I mean?
0: Um, yeah. I so said for me, it just, I don't think it really ever changes much.
2: Interesting. So just a few more tidbits on uh, broken arrow. Um, the film, this film, I don't think a lot of people realize this. There was a lot of cuts to, done to this film, just like Hard target. Um, the MPAA uh, forced a whole bunch of cuts uh, and there's a lot of studio interference in this movie, and according to some sources, uh, it was even more than on Hard Target. And there's like a 120 minute cut of this movie that that used to exist. I don't know if because the movie's about 108 minutes. There's there was I think there was originally a 120 minute cut that had more character development and more violence in it, and they cut it because they were apparently it was too violent. So it's always weird to see that, like these movies that. That could have existed, but like, there's this ratings board that interferes all the time, and I think it's so ridiculous to have something like that that decides on what we can and can't see before we even know what we're seeing. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I wonder if they cut out of it.
2: Um, I I just see that uh, there was a little bit more character development, probably between Travolta and Slater and Slater and um, Samantha Mathis, and there was some more violence that they had to cut out too. That made it too graphic, I guess.
0: What always makes me laugh is I'm, like, more graphic than the guy getting hit in the stomach with the, helip- with the helicopter propeller. It's, oh, I it's know. Like they, Seriously. They that in? But it,
2: it gets to that point, like, they make you yeah. cut out, like, frames. Like, for that kind of stuff, they're like, oh, you need, you need to cut it by at least two two seconds or something, and you have to go in there and cut out frames and stuff, and it's ridiculous. Like, it's fake.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, not it's not real. It's like, it's that... Uh, <laughs> funny, oh, we can tell you what you can handle. It's like, oh, thank you, Mommy, for being able to, you know, shield my,
3: yeah, shield my virgin eyes and see the
0: guy get a propeller hitting his stomach. That probably, you know, it's not even how it looks oh. in real life. <laughs> it's, just,
2: it's just like, is the MPAA really necessary at all? Like, it's just ridiculous. You know, the movie theater suggests release a rating and say, be like, hey, this movie's uncut. It's got a lot of violence in it. It's up to you whether you want to see it or not. Like, why can't we just do that? Like, right. what is the problem? <laughs> I don't get it. You know, just list, just say what's in the movie and then let's move on. Like, why do we have
0: to cut things? No, I don't I, get it. I remember watching the um, Christian Slater, watching uh, in the theater and then watching the, the VHS version of um, uh, True Romance. And it was... Pretty interesting to see, Don't. like, there's a part where he tells Drexel to open his eyes and he shoots him. And in the theatrical version, he shoots him once. And in the VHS version, or the you know the one that was with, he shoots him like three more times. And they're just like, that's too excessive. Him shooting him three times.
3: Well, like he's
2: already but, shot, shot him. I guess once. they, like, they say it's
0: too excessive. <laughs> I'm shooting him. It's ridiculous. More. You're not like even the- seeing – there's no blood splatter on him. There's no – you're seeing the bullet go into it. Like, I mean, shit, I think the Godfather shows where he's showing a guy got shot in the face, and you're seeing the actual wound hit him in the face. And uh,
2: Oh, I know. Yes, like in yeah, the restaurant yeah, scene where that, he – that's
0: way more graphic. He, yeah. Like, you know, you're just seeing him shoot off screen, and they're like, that's way too much. I'm like, he's shooting off screen. You're not even really? – you're not hearing the guy yell – you're not seeing blood splatter. It's like, what's that's so bizarre.
2: It's almost like a bias to like yeah. genre films. You know what I mean? Like the Godfather, I love the Godfather, but the Godfather is like a it's prestige a film. You know what I mean? So yeah. So it gets a pass because it's supposed to be like the big movie of the year. Whereas a movie like broken arrow or, you know, Lord of illusions or nightbreed, they're going to be like, who gives a shit? It's horror. It's action cut 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 this out of the movie or we're going to give you an x rating and it's just like the studios don't want to release a rated x movie or an nc-17 movie and it's depressing because i don't think the audience i don't think people in general give a crap you know what i mean like just just tell us what's in the movie and if it's rated whatever i mean i think rated r should be it anything past that like, rated R should be, you know, for adults, and that's it. And if it's got sex scenes in it or extreme violence, right? just list it there. And then and if you're doing your job as a parent, like, don't take your kid to that movie. Like, I can't tell you how many people, you know, bring their kids to an R-rated movie I'm sitting in. and It's just, like, crazy violence, and there's, like, little children. And I'm like, you've just scarred your kid for life, and you don't seem to care. My, it's like, come on. My buddy and I, we went and like, saw <laughs>
0: Natural Born Killers when it first came out in the theater, and this Family came in, like it was like a family of like maybe a thirteen year old kid and a twelve year old daughter, so you know, just young. And once the massacre scene starts in the opening, they just get up and they leave, and we start laughing. I'm like, and my buddy's like, "Oh yeah, Natural Born Killers, the obvious family choice."
3: <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, I worked at at the theater when Starship Troopers came out, it was, like, opening night on Friday for the movie, and this dad brought, you know, like, his, his young kid to the movie, and I was like, I was like, I just, I was like hey man, you know, it's cool, but this movie's super violent. And he's like, I'll decide that for myself. And, you know, just really, like, people were just so entitled. And, uh, they went to the movie literally, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, came out, and he's like, why are you you know just
2: yelling at me for playing this movie and you know berating me even though I warned him that it was super violent? And it's not for kids; it's like it's kids in tears. And he was just like, "I want a refund." Like you shouldn't be playing these kinds of movies. I'm like, "What did you?" In my head, I'm like,
3: "What did you expect?" I, I told you right. it's going to be really violent, but you know, nobody wants to, nobody no. wants to be told exactly. anything. They don't want to right. I mean. They don't
0: want to be told anything. Oh. It's like it's like I'm not telling you this because I'm just trying to be a dick to you, buddy. I'm trying to be nice and be oh. like, hey you may not want your kid to go watch this because it may be too intense. And it's like, don't tell me how to parent my kid. Okay. Right. You know,
2: I saw jaws when I was too young and it fucked me up pretty good. So it's just like, you know, there are, is a certain age. It's, it's based on h- however your kid can handle it. But I do think young, sometimes young, too young is, you know, young, too yeah. young is too young sometimes. And you just need to wait for your kid to watch a certain, cause they don't, sometimes they don't have the ability to this process the fact that this right. is not real. You know, and just because you want to go see the movie and you don't have a babysitter, you know, guess what? You've got a kid. Oh you yeah, need to stay home with your kid. That's that's the price of having a kid. We saw you know? deep
0: we saw deep blue sea one you know, time. And this guy and girl came and they brought a baby, a freaking baby, in the car. And I'm going, I go, oh won't God. this? Not that it's going to understand, but won't the sounds, as it's so loud, like scare it? Because I mean, it's. That's an intense movie with, like, a lot of sounds and music, you know, like explosions and things like the sharks are making noise, like roaring and, you know, just all kinds of stuff.
3: Yeah, that's
2: a loud movie in the theater. I remember that being a really loud movie in the theater. So if I were a baby, I would be messed up for life, just the noises. But, uh, yeah, well, I think we pretty much reached the end of our uh, Broken Arrow journey. Um, I think the final verdict is that this is a fun, fun movie. It's got lots of great action. You know, this is a good watch if you've never seen it before. Yeah, get the Blu-ray or or get the HD streaming. You know, pop some popcorn, watch it on the biggest screen you can. Turn the volume up and have have a good time because John Travolta's chewing the scenery. Christian Slater is really good as the hero. Samantha Mathis is good as the heroine and is not. You know, she's not the typical bitchy you know, heroin or the damsel in distress. She feels like a real person, which is amazing in the nineties. And, <laughs> and just, it's just a fun movie. John Woo is making the best movie he can based on the constraints uh, yeah. that Hollywood is putting on him. And I think he succeeds mostly. So if you've missed broken arrow or you haven't watched in a while, give it a watch yeah. again. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and, and so before we leave, I do want to just uh, mention this, which I think is hilarious every time I read it. When Siskel and Ebert reviewed this movie, uh, Siskel, uh, Siskel gave it a thumbs up, Ebert gave it a thumbs down. And during the course of the clip, I think you can find it online, Roger Ebert convinced Gene Siskel <laughs> to give it a thumbs down.
3: <laughs> Which is funny. I like Roger Ebert. I know he gets a lot of yeah. hate, but I thought he was a really, he was. A I really read, smart was. Uh, I read his you know, book.
0: that I hate, hate, hated this movie, and uh, your movie still sucks. And it's they were, they were really... Yeah. It basically was just a collection of his uh, or his uh, reviews. But uh, when you want, I mean, yeah. it was it was kind of cool because even though there were movies in there, I loved that he hated or whatever. It was I always find it interesting to find out what someone is finding wrong with it. You know, like why do I love it? Why is this guy hating yeah. it so much?
2: Absolutely, yeah. It's better. I I can respect someone who doesn't like a movie and can um, explain of, why so... it wasn't for them
3: and, and <laughs> intelligently defend themselves. Instead, instead
2: of
0: people that are going, you're you know, that's Oh, you know, well, that's a stupid. great, that's a good, uh, valid point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's a, exactly. that's a worthless opinion
0: in my, in my opinion. So,
2: yeah. But, you know, you're always going to get that one. It doesn't matter if it's The Godfather or if it's Scarface, you know, there's always someone that's going to hate yeah. a movie, no matter how great it's considered. Wow. so, you know, it's just like, I, you know, I run a film festival, you know, I make films. I talk to a lot of independent filmmakers a lot. And they kind of get down on themselves sometimes. And they're like, oh, you know, I got bad reviews on Amazon. I'm like, dude, go look at the reviews for The Godfather or for The Matrix or for what Enter the Dragon. There's always people that talk shit about classic films. And it doesn't matter how good your film is. You just need to get out there and make your movie and just be happy with the people that like it. That's all you really should care about because you're never going to please everybody ever. Just not going to happen. So just don't worry about those people and just do your thing.
0: Yeah, don't. Yeah, because all it's you know. going to do is just beat you up and, and maybe get in your head and make you not do it, and that sucks. Like, don't like not do it because you're afraid that someone's not going to like it. Do it because you like it and you enjoy it. Because, like you said, someone out there is going to love it.
2: Yep. Someone out there is going to love it, and that's yep. worth more than 10 people who don't like it. Um, every day of the week. So don't don't worry about the, about the people that didn't care for it. Just focus on the people that right. liked it, and exactly. you'll have a better day. <laughs> And with that, I think that's a good time to end this. Uh, Broken Arrow 1996, 25 years later I think it's a worthwhile action film and we're going to keep delving deep into the movies of 1996 and I'm sure yeah. we'll we'll talk to you again Zane a little bit later on in the year um, there's there's sure. a lot more gems coming up so yeah, sure. thank you for joining me on this one no I really appreciate it. Absolutely and, brother uh, We'll talk to you again
1: later. And we're back just like that What'd you think? Broken Arrow still holds up? Go back and watch it. Check it out. Tell me what you think. Um, it's nestled amongst some other big action movies of 1996. You know, you got The Rock. You've got uh, Executive Decision. Some some lesser regarded action films like Chain Reaction and Fled. And also an underappreciated gem for me, Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis, which I think is a fantastic action film from Walter Hill. Probably his last good movie, Walter Hill. Um, yes, it's a rip-off of Jimbo, and uh, Fistful of Dollars, but that does not make it bad. It's actually great. Um, Keep ripping off that story over and over again, because every single iteration has been great. Anyways, I've turned in my two cents for the day. Social media plugs. You can find us on Facebook, The Real 96 Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, at Real96Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at 96Real. And you can also email us, ask us, hey, you're going to do a specific movie for a show? Can I be on your show? Whatever. Uh, That's Real96Podcast at gmail.com. That's Real96Podcast at gmail.com. So coming up, we've got some spooky... Episodes. We got lots of stuff like Mary Riley and Bad Moon, Scream and The Craft and The Frighteners, maybe even Thinner, uh, Unforgettable with Ray Liotta. That was a fun one uh, to talk about, not to watch. But until then, for The Real 96 Podcast, I'm Nathan Ludwig. Ah, go watch a movie. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to The Real 96 Podcast, recorded in the bustling metropolis of Midlothian, Virginia. This show is a Genre Blast production. Now go watch a movie.